0: Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. This time we're happy to have our brother Billy Skelton come up and give us the message the Lord has laid on his heart today. Brother Billy. Death by GPS. Back in 2013, ABC's 2020 uh, program. They ran a story that was entitled, My GPS Almost Killed Me. It was about three sisters that took a drive out to Death Valley. They took what they needed for the day, and they were depending on their GPS to direct them. They followed the directions that were given, but found themselves eventually uh, out of gas. And after three days, they found themselves out of hope. Family members saw that they were missing had notified the authorities, and a search had begun. And (coughs) a chopper pilot that was interviewed told 2020 that the third day was the do-or-die day. That's the difference between a rescue mission and a recovery mission. So they swept the sky for six hours. And with their own fuel running low, they made one last pass over Saline Valley, which one of the chopper pilots called the most remote place of the park. There they spotted Donna Cooper's dusty Hyundai and one of the ladies waving a yellow blanket. And I remember when I read that story thinking they were doing what many of us do, depending on something, to give them direction. But the thought occurred to me, what if your source is wrong? What if what you're basing... Your decisions on is not correct when it comes to travel admittedly some we rely a lot more on technology these days and use what uh, the GPS or our phone map tells us to do and uh, if we end up as I've done before driven down roads that we're not familiar with realizing we better turn around and go back Uh, we end up wasting simply time and gas. But what if the information that you're banking on for your eternal destiny is not correct? What if the things that you've been told and you've been thinking about throughout your whole life aren't reliable sources? In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, there's a few verses starting in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. So that it seems that the scripture brings out there will be people. Many, it says, will come will say to me in that day, didn't I do all these things? Wasn't that what was needed? I went to church every Sunday, sometimes twice a week. I gave to the church. I was kind to people. I did good. Wasn't that enough? Wasn't that what you were looking for? Many people, he said, are going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? He's going to say, Depart from me. I never knew you. Seven words you never want to hear. When those are uttered to a soul, that's the end for eternity. There's nothing beyond that. There's no second chance, there's no way to get it right. There's no way for a do over. The story about the GPS illustrates how important it is for everyone to have a source of information that's correct, that's true. For the three ladies, their dependence upon the information put into their GPS sent them in the wrong direction. I, if you read the whole story, you can see why that was. Um, but it sent them down roads that did not exist. And so the the thought to ponder this morning is how many people find their directions about heaven and hell from a faulty source. Well, there's but one source that you can get that from. It's not your neighbor. It's not your friend. It's not your parent. It's, not your, it's none of those things. The source comes from God's Word. If you ask, there are lots of people that have different opinions about what happens after death. Um, some would say to you, well... You know, I'm going to get there and God's going to say, here's the things you did that were good. Because remember, the Bible says you're going to be judged. Here's your good, here's your bad. And as long as the good outweighs the bad, I'm in. Doesn't that make sense? It makes perfectly good sense. I mean, why would God turn me away if I did more good than bad? Is that what the Bible teaches? Well, not at all. You see, if I go with that method, I have to look at a few things. One of them is, how much good do I have to do? Who's counting? Who determines whether I've done enough good to get into heaven? I went to one uh, website. It was a, a Catholic website. Their church teaches that immediately after death, our soul separates from our earthly body, and we stand before God for judgment. And then we enter heaven, Purgatory or hell. These are the options. Google's very helpful, by the way, when you look certain things up because they give you good insight from different uh, walks of life. But if you go to your Bible program, there's also a search. I can look up the word tabernacle. I can look up the word, you know, I looked up the word purgatory. Do you know how many times it occurs? None, right? None. So if you think that, well, if I didn't get it right here, I will go to purgatory and I will spend some time paying for my sins. And then I'm going to, get to go, I'm going to get into heaven. I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. Again, the faulty information that's put in. The Bible does say in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment. So what happens then after one leaves this earth? Well, what happens after death depends on a single choice that you make during your life. One choice that you make. And you can make that choice right up to the very end, to your last breath. There's no time limit on this. But once you leave this earth, you can't undo your decision. The book of Revelation, chapter twenty-two, eleven, speaks about this. John was given a revelation of things to come, and uh, the things in the future are really, uh, much of it's judgment, but he has this section here at the end where where they're in heaven, and he reveals certain things, and at at 22, verse 11, it talks about the finality of, of your position. He, it says, who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. I often wonder, because I have a sin nature, what happens if I get to heaven and I trip? <laughs> if I mess up, do I get booted out? No, I'm, I'm sealed. It's done. I won't have the sin nature. I will, be, I will be forever with God because of that one decision that I made in this life. But also, if you haven't made the decision or you've made the wrong decision, you can't go back and change your mind. If you choose to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He died on the cross to save you from the consequences of your sin, you're going to receive eternal life, go to heaven, and be with Him forever in fellowship, in fellowship, and light, joy, and truth. God, we read, raised Jesus from the dead. And if you believe in Christ, you too will be raised from the dead. We read in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, Jesus is talking to a man named Nicodemus. And there's a question and answer going on. And Jesus explains to him, starting in verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's explaining to Nicodemus how a person makes that decision. God did something to make a provision for anyone who wants to be in heaven. He gave his only son. All you have to do is believe in Christ. You shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He says in verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He could have. He could have condemned everyone. We were all sinners. He said, but that the world through him might be saved. That was the purpose for Jesus' coming. It says in verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The choice... Is something that you individually make. It's not something that you can say, well, my parents or my grandparents, they're Christian, so I'm a Christian. When I was growing up, if you said you were an American, you're a Christian. It's the way it worked. I, I remember hearing people, when they asked what religion they were, they would say, oh, American, Christian, because they made them synonymous. But I watched their actions. And their living out Christianity was much different than my family's living out Christianity. And I realize that there's something not not right about just being uh, naming yourself with Christianity because of your nationality. You also can't name yourself as a follower of Christ just because your parents follow Christ. It's an individual decision. The choice you make is your choice. I think I skipped the slide there. <sighs> if you choose not to believe, if you or if you choose to put it off, it says in verse 18 of John three, He who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because you haven't believed in the name of his only begotten Son you turned down the offer, you rejected it, or you put it off to the point that you left this planet not having decided to accept what Christ has done. So your choice is made, and there's no going back. If you choose not to believe, the Bible says you go to hell. You are condemned to loneliness, separation, never-ending regret, and fire. The description of those who are not in heaven is a horrible one. And the worst part about it is it doesn't change. There's no purgatory. There's no time. Oh, eventually God will relent and change his mind. You rejected it. You said, I don't want it. You turned it down. And if you turned and rejected his son, well, he's going to refuse to accept you. You refuse to take Christ as your savior, then he's going to refuse to accept you. There is no other way into heaven. You might say, well, you know what? That all sounds good and your Bible's pretty... uh, There's got to be another way. The verse was read, I think, during the Sunday school opening. Jesus is talking to a group of His disciples and He's telling them in John 14 about going to prepare a place and He's going to come again and receive them. And He says, and you know the way to where I'm going. I don't know the way how am I supposed to know the way? Jesus looked at him and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father, what? But by me. One way. There's no other way. In the book of Acts, we read chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. One way, and that's through Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2.5 says there's one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So if you've rejected Jesus, you'll stand before God's great white throne and be condemned. We had uh, Bill do the reading this morning, and it's very clear. You can turn back to it if you want, but um, if you reject, you'll be rejected just as you rejected Christ. And you know, it makes no difference that at that point you realize, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I I, I I realize now, yes, yes, everything that I heard, everything that I was told is true. I changed my mind, God, but there's no change in your mind there. It makes no difference. You'll passionately desire to be with God, but you never will be. The book of Revelation says in verse 15 of chapter 20, anyone... Not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So heaven or hell, life or death. Probably one more there. Jesus or eternal destruction. You have a choice, but there's no second chance. Once you leave this planet. So if you're here this morning and you're unsure of your eternal destiny, let's listen to what the true source of God says. You could flip to these scriptures because it would help you if you know the Lord in sharing exactly where somebody stands in God's eyes. In Romans, we'll start in chapter 3, verse number 23. It says this, it says, all, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You find yourself, everyone finds themselves positionally falling short of what God's standard is. Everyone is sin. You're born in sin by nature. You sin. Everyone has a zoo. The first thing is you admit, I, I realize that I am a sinner. And there's a, there's a consequence for that. A few chapters back in chapter 6, verse 23, we read the first part of that verse. For the wages of sin is death. Most everyone in here has a job or will have a job. If you have a job, you work all week and you get wages. I get paid for what I did. I deserve my paycheck because I spent all this time putting up those snotty little. I, I I put I, I did my job all week long and I'm going to get a paycheck. Well, you know what the wages of my sin is? It's death. Separation from God. That's what that's what get that's what one gets paid for their sin. But there's a solution for it because even though that's what we should have, Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ paid the penalty. An illustration of this would be a person who is uh, under the Uh, diagnosis, you have cancer. You have cancer and you have so many months before you die. And so they have the load of cancer that's weighing them down and they know they're going to die. They said, now we have something called the transfer room over here. say, what's that? Well, in the transfer room, you can transfer your cancer to another person and you can live. You say, well, who... Would be willing to do that. Who would be willing. To take my death sentence from me. Well that's what Jesus did. Jesus it says. While we were still sinners. Christ died for us. So that sentence of death. On Jesus. He's the one that bore our sins. I'm free. God paid the price. Jesus is the one. Who died for us. John 3 36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. If I believe, I have life. If I choose not to believe, I have death. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Tell me this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I hear it. I listen to it. I take it in and by faith I believe it. My heart believes, I put my faith, my trust, I confess with my mouth. I I don't have to do anything about it. I don't have to go out and do works. There are things that we would do after we're saved because we are saved, but we don't do them do them to be saved. Ephesians two, eight and nine says it's for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's nothing that you do. This is why, when you go back to the good works, if I do enough good works, you would get into heaven saying, I got in because of what I did. We only get in. Anyone only gets in because of what Christ did. You accept it, you believe it, you confess. and, And just like that, you have eternal life. Some of you may say, well, how can I know for sure? Well, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, he's writing, to, uh, and John says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. If that's where your faith is, then you can know for sure. There's no guesswork. Ask almost any Catholic, are you sure you're going to heaven? What they will say is, I hope so. I hope so. I was listening to Brother Nicholson talking with a Catholic, he talked about the conversation with a Catholic priest, and he asked him that question, and the answer was, well, I hope so. He said, well, you need to step down from what you're doing because you're the person telling the whole group how to get to heaven. And if you don't know for sure that you're going to get there, how can you tell them? But that's, the, that's because their GPS is wrong. They're banking on some bit of works to get them out of the situation. They're banking on something that they do. But the Bible, God's word says it's not of works, lest any man should boast. So is there anything that prevents you from coming to Christ now? If you're not a believer, we encourage you to take that step. If you're sure that your name's written in the book of the life, the book of life, the Bible tells you to rejoice. If you're unsure, you can seek assurance. If you know you profess to be saved and you're, you're, you're doubting, look at that verse in 1 John chapter 5, there are other ones. <clears throat> but if you're sure that your name is not written in the book of life, we encourage you to seek the Lord while He may be found. There's a song that we have in a, an older hymn book. It's called Choose Now. I just want to read the words to it before we close. Someday, you say, I will seek the Lord. Someday I will make my choice. Someday, someday I will heed His word and answer the Spirit's voice. God's time is now, for the days fly fast, and swiftly the seasons roll. Today is yours, it may be your last. Choose life for your precious soul. Choose now, just now, your soul is at stake. Oh, what will your answer be? It's life or death, and the choice you make is made for eternity. Choose now, just now, for the Lord is here. Must He for your answer wait? Choose now, just now, while the call is clear. Tomorrow may be too late. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you for your word that makes very clear our position before you, and how it is that we could come to be with you in heaven. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you that he died on the cross. We thank you that he has provided a way through him. If We simply put our faith and trust in who he is and what he has done and accomplished for us, asking him to be our Savior, that we too can be followers of the Lord Jesus, our sins forgiven, our home in heaven. My prayer this morning, Father, if there's anyone that's come that's listening that is not sure that they would at this time make a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ not to put it off, not to say, I'll do it someday, but to do it this day. Just ask your blessing as we part now in Jesus' name. Amen.